0: means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up.
2: Now that the weather's warmer, naturally your doors and windows are apt to be open while you work in the kitchen. That brings up a little cleaning problem, because dirt and dampness do come in to soil your kitchen linoleum. Of course, it isn't a problem if you have Johnson's Glow Coat on your floors. You just whisk away the dirt and moisture with a cloth, and right away your linoleum comes up smiling. That's one of the many nice things about Johnson's Glow Coat. It not only gives linoleum a beautiful polish and makes the colors bright and fresh... It also forms a tough protective wax film that wards off dirt and spilled things. Naturally, this wax protection makes linoleum last longer, too. Johnson's Glow Coat is wonderfully easy to use. There's no rubbing or buffing. You simply apply and let dry. That's all there is to it. Glow Coat shines as it dries, never streaks. In only 20 minutes, your linoleum and other floors are shining beautifully and ready to use. Try it, won't you? Ask for Johnson's self polishing Glow Coat. This is a great day in Westville Vista, the day of the big baseball game between the Elks and the Rotarians. And guess who's pitching for the Elks? Yes, sir. The fellow who claims to have fanned more men in his day than Sally Rand. Fibber Fireball McGee of Fibber McGee and Molly.
3: goodness, I certainly will be happy when this day's over, McGee. For the past week, nothing but baseball, baseball, baseball.
4: My gosh, I'll be glad when this game is over. I'm as nervous as a beekeeper with the (laughs) hiccups.
3: What are you so worried about? I thought you said you could pitch against those Rotarians blindfolded and with one foot in the bucket of cement.
4: (laughs) I can, too, if I can get in form again. I... I just don't seem to have the control I used to have.
3: That's what Dr. Gamble said. Yep. He said you wound up like a dollar watch. <laughs> and delivered like a punch-drunk mailman.
4: Oh, yeah. What does that tonsil snatcher know about baseball? He thought Ruth was a girl till I told him different. <laughs> he still thinks a pop fly is an insect's father.
3: He's catching for you, isn't he?
4: Yeah, and don't think that's the least of my worries. The only way he can work behind a plate is to put meat and potatoes on it.
3: <laughs> well, I don't know what you're nervous about. After all, you did used to play a little professional baseball, didn't you?
4: A little professional baseball? My dear girl, I was the sensation of the 3 I league for many a year. Oh? I had a fastball that come in like an aspirin tablet and had a hop on it like a jumping bean on a hot skillet. <laughs> didn't you ever read that newspaper clipping about me? The one I carry in my wallet? <laughs>
3: Yes, I have, dearie. You mean the one with the picture of Wilson's inauguration on the back of it?
4: Yeah. You know what Gabby Hartnett once said to
3: me? No, what did Gabby Hartnett once say to you?
4: He says, don't bother me now, son. I'll autograph it for you
5: after the game. <laughs> that was a way back in about no...
4: Come
3: out. in. Oh, hello, Dr. Gamble.
5: Hello, Molly. And how are you today, Arthur? What do you mean, Arthur? Professional abbreviation for arthur <laughs> Or does that stiff elbow of yours come from patting yourself on the back prematurely?
4: Don't you worry about my stiff elbows, you muscle-bound sofa huckster. (laughs) You just wear two pairs of shin guards today, that's all. I got a fastball that would break the leg of an elephant, even an
5: elephant your size.
3: If you think I'm strong enough to take it, Doctor, uh, just what are the elk's chances of winning the game today?
5: Frankly, Molly, unless the poor man's Bob Feller here the dizziest dean of them all, develops a little better control we haven't got the chance of a brewery horse in the Preakness.
4: What do you expect, doggone it? My gosh, I haven't had a baseball in my hands for 20 years till this
5: week. That's quite obvious, Gas Jet. You've been throwing that apple like a nervous newlywed tossing her corsage to a bridesmaid. Cut out that kind of talk in front of my wife, Gamble.
3: Why, that's all right, dearie. A corsage is a bouquet. Huh?
4: It is? <laughs> I
5: thought... Oh, excuse me. It's all right.
3: Incidentally, uh, doctor, how about you? Are you in shape for the game?
5: For your private information, my dear, I'll have to lie down for three innings after I struggle into my chest protector. <laughs> when a man of my age and weight takes up baseball, he's begging for the kind of trouble for which I charge $10 a visit. <laughs>
4: Ten dollars, that is. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was going to be ten pennies.
3: <laughs>
4: well, set your curly little mind at rest, Fatso. Just hold your mitt out, and I'll smack him into it like a letter from home.
3: Pardon me for pointing, gentlemen, but... Uh, <laughs> aren't you wasting a lot of good breathing with all this yattita, yattita? Why don't you go out in the driveway and do some more practicing?
5: That's a
4: good idea, Molly. Come on, Doc. I'll fling him softly so it won't blister your little fat hands.
5: Just make it easy on yourself, Rowe. I've got my catcher's mitt right here. You coming, Molly?
3: No, thank you, Doctor. I'll just watch out the window. I sat on the front steps yesterday and lost $7 worth of bobby pins ducking wild pitches.
4: (laughs) Come on, Doc. Our last chance to practice. Okay. Stand
5: over there with your back
4: to the garage door, Doc. Right. That's it. Now then, you ready?
5: I don't have to get ready to catch one of your pitches, knucklehead. Hmm? (laughs) I could write a letter to my mother while I was coming in.
4: Oh, yeah? Well, try this on your thumbnail, (laughs) windbag.
5: What kind of a pitch was that, weakling? I could have caught that one in my teeth.
4: You'll catch plenty of them in your teeth before I get through with you, wise guy. I was just limbering up on that one.
5: Try throwing one overhand, Genevieve. (laughs) are playing for, Wellesley.
4: <laughs> okay, smart guy. You asked for it. Now I'm going to give him old fireball. Brace yourself. <laughs> hey! Oh, my gosh.
5: Oh, my gosh. We broke one of McGee's windows, Doc. Let's get out of here. This way, McGee. Around the back and through the alley. Yeah. Anybody coming after us, Doc? I don't see anybody. Let go of my coattail. Well, I'll keep running. If McGee ever catches us, we're going to... Hey. Hey.
4: Wait a minute. Huh? What are we running for? My name is McGee.
5: <laughs> well, how do you do? My name is Gambo. <laughs> Glad to know you, bud. What you breathing so hard for? Asthma? No, that's passion. I just fell in love. <laughs> fell in love with the idea of giving up baseball.
2: Kelly Mills in the orchestra and coax me a little bit.
4: Hey, Molly, I'm worried.
3: You're worried? Did you see Dr. Gamble's face when he left? Huh? He said the only way you were going to get the ball over the plate this afternoon was to put it in the wheelbarrow.
4: (laughs) My gosh, I don't seem to have any control at all. If I lose this game... Hey, what does the paper say?
3: Well, I was just reading it, dearie. It says, Pitcher's duel expected as Elks play Rotarians today.
4: Mm, Duel is right. It'll be butcher's knives at two paces if anything goes wrong. I'll be gored by every elk in town. <laughs> what else does the paper say?
3: Well, it says, Fibber McGee, one of the great speedball artists of his day.
4: See, do, do, does it really say
3: that? <laughs> yes, it does.
4: Uh, read that part again. I like that.
3: <laughs> Fibber McGee, one of the great speedball artists of his day. <laughs> I think that was very kind of the McGee. What was? They didn't say what day. <laughs> McGee, one of the great speedball artists of his day. That's darn
4: good reporting, you know. (laughs) I remember when Paul Wehner was voted the most valuable player in the National League in 1930. Pardon
3: me, dearie. No, no. Paul Wehner got that vote in 1927. There was no award in
4: 1930. Huh? Oh. Oh, yeah, that's right. Anyway, the longest game ever played in the National League between Brooklyn and Chicago was... Excuse
3: me. Huh? The longest game played in the National League was between Brooklyn and Boston. Oh. On uh, September 1st, 1906, and was called on account of darkness after 26 innings. <laughs> Pardon me for interrupting. My goodness, who am I to be telling you about baseball?
4: <laughs> well, don't feel bad about it. Women ain't expected to know very much about the
3: Come in. Oh, hello there, Mrs. Carstair. So nice to see you. How do you do, my dear? Good day, Mr. McGee.
4: Hi, Carsty. You going out to the ball game this afternoon? I'm pitching for the Elks against the Rotarians, you know.
0: I know you are, Mr. McGee. And I must say that my husband was almost delirious with joy when he heard about it. Oh, is he a baseball fan, Millicent? No, a Rotarian.
4: (laughs) Oh, he thinks I'm going to lose, eh? That's a laugh. Them Rotarians ain't got anybody on that team that don't think a squeeze play is an accordion solo.
3: Oh, I don't know about that, McGee. There's some pretty smart businessmen in the Rotary Club.
4: That cuts no shortcake, Tootsie. The biggest tycoon in the world to look pretty small slinking back to the bench after I strike him out.
0: Uh, do you expect to pitch the entire nine outings, Mr. McGee?
4: <laughs> the word is innings, Mrs. Carstairs.
0: Oh, really? My husband says it'll merely be an outing for the Rotarians. LAUGHTER Well,
3: it's differences of opinion that make horse racing, baseball, and loose teeth, I always say.
4: (laughs) You can tell that running mate of yours, Carstie, that the Elks will not only beat the Rotarians, but we'll beat them so bad that from now on their insignia will be a flat wheel.
0: (laughs) I'd be only too happy to tell him, Mr. McGee, if I can get him to stop laughing long enough. What seems to be amusing him so much, Millicent? Well, uh, he and a friend walked past here a short time ago and saw Mr. McGee pitching to Dr. Gamble. He came home practically in hysterics.
4: Oh, he did, did he?
0: Yes. It seems his friend wanted to know which of you was Olsen and which was Johnson. (laughs) Uh, Maybe
3: you didn't know Millicent, but himself here used to play professional baseball. You
4: betcha. Wasn't it the Cubs that sent the scout after me that time, Molly?
3: No, dearie, it was the scouts that sent a cub after you. <laughs> when you were about nine.
4: Oh yeah. Anyway, Carsty, I played sandlot baseball ever since I was a kid.
0: Oh, you must have, Mr. McGee. The papers said you were one of the grittiest players they'd ever seen. Well, all I can say is may the best team win, and of course we shall. Good day. Mm.
3: Does uh, Mr. Carstairs play on the Rotarian team? I should
4: say not. There's too many guys in this town with spikes on their shoes that would be praying for him to slide into second base. He'd get up looking like a punch board.
3: Oh, really? Yeah. I thought Mr. Carstairs was very well liked by everybody.
4: Oh, he's a nice guy, all right. But who's going to pass up a chance to kick a millionaire?
3: <laughs> well, there's that, of course. Although I never would have thought...
4: Hello, that. folks.
3: Oh, hello, Mr. Wilcox.
4: Hi, Junior.
2: You know anything about our national pastime? You mean criticizing the administration? Sure, a little. (laughs) My uncle, Big Claghorn Wilcox, is a congressman. No,
3: no, no, Mr. Wilcox. He means baseball.
2: Oh, baseball, sure, sure. I used to play on our high school team in Omaha. I was longstop. You mean shortstop. I was tall for my age.
4: But, uh, what is all this, pal?
3: Well, he's got the pitch for the Elks in the big game this afternoon, Mr. Wilcox, and he's worried about his form.
4: It's really nothing serious, Junior, though there's a couple of things i got ironed iron out yet. Such as what?
3: Such as where's the ball going after he throws it, for one thing.
2: <laughs> Gee, pal, now you've got me worried. All us Elks are depending on you, you know.
3: Oh, are you on the team, Mr. Wilcox?
2: No, but I'll be out on the diamond during the seventh inning stretch. Doing what? Oh, I drive a car out into center field and give a demonstration of Johnson's car Gee, in front of 8 or 10,000 people. I hope I give a good performance.
3: Oh, I'll bet you will, Mr. Wilcox. See, listen, uh, why don't you borrow one of the Johnson Company's big vans and drive it in backwards? That ought to get attention. Why would it? Everybody would think of Van Johnson. <laughs> or would they?
5: <laughs>
2: no, I want to show people how to beautify their own cars and how easy it is with Johnson's car new how they can give their pre-war cars that post-war look. I'll show them how simple it is to apply a car new, let it dry, and wipe it off with a soft cloth. Cleaned and polished in one swell foop. Uh, yes. Well, then, as the game is called again, I unfurl a big banner. You see, a big banner, and then I drive off the field. What does it say on the (laughs) banner, Waxy? (laughs) Inquired little fibber, fearing the worst. Oh, the banner. It says... Play ball with your automobile. Hmm. Get some car new right off the bat and see what a hit it makes when you get
4: home. How do you like it, pal? No. Well, I don't like it as so well, but I haven't got time to rewrite it, Junior. <laughs> I got to get this arm limbered up.
3: Just tell the Elks not to worry, Mr. Wilcox. Himself is just like a criminal lawyer. He always comes through in a pinch.
4: You gotta go now, Junior. (laughs) You haven't got time to play a little catch with me. I'm sorry, pal. I've
2: got to get down to the sign painters and pick up that banner. I want to be sure they spell Carnu, C-A-R-N-U. But look, stop worrying about your form. You uh, you think it'll be all right? So what if your form isn't perfect? Wear a girdle. Nobody'll know. (laughs) Good luck with it,
6: boy.
3: Now, McGee, would you like to throw me a few pitches and see if you can't limber up that arm a little?
4: Gee, if it was anybody else, baby, I'd say yes in a minute. But the way I'm pitching, I'm dangerous. Oh,
3: I think I'd be safe, dearie. You didn't come anywhere near Dr. Gamble when he was catching for you.
4: Oh, gone it, that's just my trouble. Even my old knuckleball is gone. After it leaves my hand, it leads its own life. Boy, I'm scared.
3: Now, you just keep your trembling little chin up, dearie. This will all work out. You've been in bad spots before.
4: Yeah, but... but but, Well, yes, I have, haven't I? Well,
3: of course. You've been in worse spots than this one. Certainly. Absolutely. When? I can't remember, but I'm sure there must have been... Come in.
4: Hello, folks.
3: Hello there, Mr. Wimple.
4: Hi, Wimp. You going to go to the ballpark and watch me pitch for the Elks today? Yes.
7: If I can sneak out of the house, Mr. McGee. Oh. Sweetie face. That's my big old wife. Still a little angry with me.
3: Oh, heavenly days. What for this time, Mr. Wimple?
7: It all came about because of a little baseball practice at home, Mrs. McGee.
3: Baseball practice, Wimple? Yes.
7: (laughs) She caught me stealing home at midnight and tagged me out with a floor lamp.
3: (laughs) Well, I do hope you can get out to the ball game, Mr. Wimple. It ought to be very exciting. Himself, he used to play professional baseball, you know.
4: Did you really, Mr. McGee? You betcha. I'll never forget the first write-up I had in the sporting news. They said I was one of the greatest shoestring catchers they'd ever seen. If I could ever learn to catch something besides my shoestrings, there might be some hope for me.
3: (laughs) And then he turned out to be a really hot-shot pitcher, Mr. Wimple.
7: Sweetie Face used to umpire softball games once. (laughs) Oh, I'll never, never forget that.
4: Why, what happened, Wimp?
7: Well, every time she'd make a decision, somebody would yell, Kill the umpire! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> One day, she recognized my voice. Well,
3: you try and get out to the game
7: if you can, Mr. Wimple. Oh, I hope I can, Mrs. McGee. I'll wear my old uniform and bring my fielder's glove.
4: Do that, Wimp, and bring your old bat along, too. Oh,
7: she'll be there, all right. <laughs> well, goodbye now. No,
3: it's Mr. Been... Wimple, not that No, door. that's the whole closet, Wimple. That, that's not
4: Straighten out that closet one of these days.
2: The Kingsmen sing Ken Darby's Casey, the Pride of Them
1: All. The faces were loaded, the score was a tie. Two outs and the hour was late. The bleachers exploded, excitement ran high when Casey stepped up to the plate. the ladies, Casey's the guy who's the idol of all, but mostly the ladies, Casey, Casey is mighty and manly, Casey's a dangerous gent, he gets when he goes to bat, hang on to your hat, he's batting a thousand percent, with the ladies, oh Casey has nerve and he knows every curve, he's no hokey pokey, he gets away with that old double play, He makes all the ladies go gaga, it's true. No wonder they swoon when he comes into view. He was the Sinatra of 1902. Casey, the pride of them all. Casey was wonderful. Casey was great. He swung the mightiest cloud. They knew he would knock the ball out of the state. Oh. the ladies, Casey's the guy who's the idol of all, but mostly the ladies, you may think that Casey is through playing ball, the stands may be empty through summer and fall, but Casey's still swinging and
4: gosh, Molly, look at that crowd. Look at that bloodthirsty mob waiting for us to start.
3: Well, how do you feel now, dear? You got a little more confidence?
4: No, my right arm feels like it was made of concrete. It's going to seem like, seem like five miles from the pitcher's box of home plate. I wish I'd oh, never look, got...
3: look, Mickey, one of the teams is coming out onto the field. Oh, yeah. Why are they marching around in a circle?
4: That's the Rotary Club. <laughs> look at them. Look at them. There ain't a one of them weighs under 200... <laughs> They'll murder me. They'll have me running... Oh, hi, Latrivia. Hello, McGee. Hello, Molly.
3: Hello, Mr. Mayor. Are you playing today? Uh, no,
4: they've asked me to umpire the game. Well, let's shake hands then, Latrive. Looks like the end of a beautiful friendship.
3: <laughs> if they made you the umpire, Mr. Mayor, you must know quite a lot about baseball.
4: Yes, I almost made a career of it, Mrs. McGee. In fact, as a boy of 16, I struck out from home. Where else would you strike out from? <laughs> How was that?
3: You said you struck out from home. You would hardly strike out from first base, would you?
4: (laughs) Well, in this case, Mrs. McGee, striking out from home is a term that means. We're familiar with the terms, Latrivia. And you don't say struck out from home, you just say I struck out. When I said I struck out from home, McGee,
2: I didn't mean I struck at a ball.
3: Well, what else would you strike at? Not the umpire, I
4: hope.
2: Please. I said nothing about striking. Anybody
4: that would deliberately
1: strike at an umpire, Latrivia. I did not strike at the umpire! There wasn't any umpire. Huh?
3: What? No umpire? What kind of a bush league were you playing in anyway, Mr. Mayor?
1: <laughs> I was not pushing in any ball play. I mean playing in any league bush. A uh, game play. I said... That this was merely a... When I said I struck home from out... Uh, out from last... Uh, third... Who was on first? <laughs> you said I was on first. Uh, it was just... I... It... <laughs>
2: <laughs> McGee? <laughs> yes? I don't think I'll act as umpire of this game after all.
3: Oh, why not, Your Honor?
2: Because if I stood behind that plate with McGee pitching, I'd say one word so often it would make him.
4: Make me what? Ball. Goodbye! Goodbye! <laughs> Well, I guess I better be getting out onto the field, kiddo. Wish me luck.
3: Oh, I do, dearie, I certainly do. You'll be all right now.
4: What time is it?
3: Almost half past.
4: My gosh, I better get going. I'll see you after the game, Molly.
3: If not sooner, sweetheart.
8: Your attention, please, ladies and gentlemen. Here are the batteries for today. On the mound for the Rotary Club, fadeaway Andy White. For the Elks Club, Fibber, Fireball McGee. Catching for the Rotarians. First half of the first inning, and this so-called fireball McGee has his fat catcher running around home plate with a butterfly net trying to snag his wild pitches. So far, he's walked the bases full without putting over a single ball that the batter can swing at. Looks like, wait a minute, something unusual is going on out there. A woman is running out to the mound. The umpire has halted the game. Get
6: that thing out of there! Playboy! Kill the umpire!
8: Just a minute, folks. We're getting report in this interruption. The lady is... Yes, it's Mrs. Fireball McGee. She whispered something in his ear, and now she's leaving. He looks surprised. He's winding up, and here's the pitch. It's a strike! Oh, it almost angles so fast it almost left the trail of smoke. Now he's winding up again. Here comes the next one. It looks like,
6: wow, well, strike two! you oh, can see that pitch, ladies and
8: gentlemen. All right, McGee seems to be settling down out there now. He goes under with a To away, and here's the pitch.
6: Strike three! Swinging, and that, that's it.
4: I'm the sports editor of the Gazette. Say, that was a great exhibition. Oh, shucks. There was nothing that any red-blooded American boy wouldn't have done if his wife told him what my wife did. Here. Here, let the lady through. Right
8: here, Miss McGee. Oh,
3: McGee, that was wonderful.
8: Well, no, Now, if it isn't too personal, Mr. McGee, just what did your wife whisper in your ear when you were pitching so wild in the first inning? Huh, nothing personal at all, bud.
4: She just reminded me that I always used to pitch left-handed. <laughs>
2: Somebody said to me the other day, I have a wonderful slogan for Johnson's Wax. Floor beauty is wax deep. Well, that's a pretty good slogan at that. It's certainly true that even the first application of Johnson's Wax makes almost any floor more beautiful. Even old floors that have dulled with constant use acquire a soft, mellow sheen that highlights your entire home. This shining coat of Johnson's Wax does wonders for your furniture, too. Tabletops look richly polished when you wax them regularly. Chairs and sideboards glow and sparkle. Wax-polished ornaments and picture frames and other things also add immeasurably to the charm of your home. And think how much easier it will be to keep everything clean and bright because dirt and dust don't readily cling to a smooth waxed surface. And remember the Johnson's Wax protects these lovely surfaces against dirt, wear, and spilled things. Why don't you try protective housekeeping with genuine Johnson's Wax, paste, liquid, or cream?
3: More liniment, Lefty?
4: (laughs) Yeah, thanks. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. My arm went with that last pitch. (laughs) Is it ever sore? Right after the game, it tightened up so as I could hardly lift it.
3: Oh, it was worth it, McGee. I was very proud of you.
4: Yeah, but how come you didn't notice I was thrown wrong earlier? I did. Well, why didn't you tell me then?
3: What? And ruin that good left wing before you ever got to the diamond? (laughs) What kind of a trainer do you think I am? (laughs) Oh, Good night. Good night,
4: all. This is Harlow Wilcox
2: speaking for the makers of Johnson's Light products for home and industry, inviting you to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. This is NBC, the National Broadcasting Company.